Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hey, it's the Left Coasters Podcast. I'm Dangles. I'm Brian. And I am Tony. And you can find the Left Coasters on Facebook as well as Instagram at the Left Coasters Podcast. Always hit us up with your comments and your questions and we will get them on the show. Thank you for listening. And welcome, everyone, to the Super Bowl special, Rams versus the Patriots. Tony Cavallo, Matthew Dangles, D'Angelo Antonio, Brian the Ballerina, Balzarini. It is the Super Bowl, guys. We have a jam-packed show for you. Tony Sr. is calling in for the third straight year. We have Alex Alche coming in to do a prop bet special where Brian and Matt, will, will we will feed them a bunch of prop bets. Then Brian and Matt need to decide what bet they're going to decide to take in the end. And then at the end of the show... The three hosts of your favorite, the Left Coasters podcast, are going to break down the Super Bowl the only way they know how. The most in-depth analysis out there from your the best podcast this side of the Mississippi, the L.A. Rams. Our team is facing Dangles' team, the New England Patriots. Before we go through the show, guys, we've had now a week uh, a week off to sort of be around, be in L.A., see everything going on. I've seen some pop-up shops for L.A. Rams gear. I've seen some stuff happening that is just atypical to an, uh, Los Angeles itself. Do you guys feel a little bit of Super Bowl fever now? The Super Bowl is just about a week away, but throughout this past week, since it's been decided, have you guys seen any changes in the Los Angeles atmosphere? Um, yes, a little bit, but also I don't think there is as much bedlam here as there would be in pretty much any other NFL city that is competing in a Super Bowl. And I I think that, I think that has a lot to do with the fact that the Rams are so new, I guess. And, you know, there isn't still, I mean, you see it, we've been to Rams games, you say, you know, we've been to, we talk a lot about it happening at Chargers games, but it does happen at Rams games too, because LA is such a big city and there's so many transplants here, you end up with fans of other teams and they're not always, you know, it's not always like an overwhelming majority of Rams fans. Uh, And I think that speaks to the newness of the team, the number of transplants in the area. Uh, And just the fact that LA has not been a football city for a long time and it's taking a while for to kind of get back into sort of everybody's blood. I think this is good. I think this will help next year if, you know, it, it will bring more fans back. But it's going to be a slow build. We're not going to just be, you know, like, you know, uh, uh, I would say Boston. I mean, there is probably a lot of buzz around Boston about the Super Bowl. But, Always, um, you yeah. know, you know, let's say Philly last year. Uh, it's just not going to be like that right away. It's going to take some time. Uh, but that said, I've seen some pop-up shops in the area, too. I'm seeing, you know, Target has, has Rams Super Bowl gear. Um, it's not prominently displayed, but it is there. So, like, you know— the, People know about it, but um, do I wish there was a little bit more excitement? 
Sure. Yes, but um, uh, but uh, this is a Dodgers town at the end of the day, and there was a lot more, obviously, a lot more buzz around the know, World Series. I don't even know if it's a Dodgers town as much as it is like it's just not a LA-based sports town. There are well, the reason why we started this podcast because we are three transplants and we were so excited to get a hometown NFL team. Where where the norm here? The normal. Uh, I grew up and was born and raised in Los Angeles. I'm an LA sports fan. Doesn't really exist out there. They are there, but the ma- ma- majority are. Fans, I mean, the LA TV markets. There were more people that watched the 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 New England Kansas City game than there were the LA Rams New Orleans game. That's all that really needs to say. Having said that, I've seen a lot more excitement for the Rams. Well, you're absolutely right, and I think it's also because people have to accept the narrative. What what made Tom Brady the first when the first Super Bowl that that got people's hearts and minds? Well, everybody watches the Super Bowl. It's a social you know setting, yeah, yes. right? So so what's going to be fascinating is. Can people fall in love with the the upstart, bright, future-looking Rams in this city? And I think the answer is going to be eventually yes, because yeah. I can tell you in my office, there was more people talking about the NFL and the Rams and everything. They're just becoming part of the consciousness yeah. of this city. And I think as, as the narrative for, for Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots and Adam Vinatieri kicking that field goal, everybody loved that story. Yeah. It, once people hear the L.A. Rams story, three years only, you know, you know, from another, you know, they used to be here, so you got people who are 90 years old remembering the, the good old days rehashing that now you have this new front of fans who are going to be experiencing this Sean McVay led you know Todd Gurley young California Jared Goff yep. you know with with Aaron Donald maybe the best you know maybe the best defensive lineman to ever play people are going to fall in love with that story especially if they become world beaters and of the new, new England Patriots that will be fantastic unbelievable and we will have all of our predictions and analysis coming later but first we have the big man calling in. Tony Sr. is on the line, so let's take a quick break and have the Patriot fan of Patriots fans for the third straight year make an appearance on the Left Coasters podcast Super Bowl special. Left Coasters. All right, guys, it would not be a Super Bowl show without my dad, Tony Sr., calling in all the way from Weymouth, Massachusetts, right outside on the south shore of Boston. Three straight years we've done this podcast, three straight Super Bowl shows that the Patriots have been represented by Mr. Cavallo. Welcome back to the show, Father Tony Sr. Absolute pleasure. <laughs> Absolute pleasure, men. You know, it, it doesn't get old. I can, I'll do this every year. You know, <laughs> you just give me the call. I will do this every year. And it seems like uh, we're we're in the uh, we're in the big show every year anyway. So, thank you for having me again, man. Thank you so much. I'm excited for you to be here. Now, before we get going, you are not actually at the venue this year, correct? Well, at this point, no. I mean, tickets are a little hard to come by, but we do have some plans. You have no idea what may come Wednesday, Thursday. Next thing you know, you get a phone call. Someone has some tickets, and we will make the jump. So there's still uh, there is still a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel. We may make it, but at this point right now, I'm most likely going to be watching it at home in Weymouth. That's probably good because I believe you're 0-5 in the last Patriots games you attended to not in Foxborough. <laughs> yeah, that, I think you're right there. Uh, I, I did get a couple of texts from my buddies saying, you better not get your ass down to Atlanta this year. And I said, okay, I'll try. <laughs> Stay far away from well, Mercedes-Benz no. Stadium. <laughs> okay, well, let's talk about uh, – the beginning of the year for your Patriots because you did go down to Tennessee earlier this year and you were there for that game. They also lost an early one to the Lions. They did not look like the normal Patriots of old. Of course, they have sl- they've had slow starts before, but this one in particular kind of seemed the slowest of them all. They still ended up with the two seed and are obviously heading to the Super Bowl, but at any point during the season, did you, the most faithful of fans, have any doubt that they would be here today? 
Well, you know, it's 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 not really a, uh, I, I really felt confident again. I do know that we still had a lot of things we were working on. We had some health issues. If they did, if you're telling me that Brady was a little hurt, if you're telling me that Gronkowski was a little hurt, I believe it. Um, yeah. I still felt confident because of the AFC. Uh, uh, and again, you know, Mahomes, he stepped up. That's something we didn't see this year. So that kind of made me feel a little, you know, like, oh, boy, we got some really good rivals that we're going to have to fight through. And obviously the charges, and there were teams that were stepping up that we really didn't see coming the beginning of the year. So, yes, I was a little bit concerned that we had to do a lot more work and get a lot more better across all three phases of the game to really compete in December and obviously January or February. I don't think there's any way not to kind of get in that mindset if you're a Patriots fan because there were times, and we talked about it on the podcast a lot, there were times this year where Tom Brady looked, it seemed, every day of the 41 years old that he is. Short-arming balls, overthrowing guys in those early games. He pulled it together, obviously, down the stretch and, and has been and has been almost perfect in the uh, 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 the offseason, or uh, rather the postseason. That's thanks a lot to it. What an incredible job the, uh, the O-line has done, not allowing a sack uh, in either of the last two playoff games that they that he's been in. But there were definitely times, I know, where I was worried a little bit about Brady's play and about whether Gronk was going to be, you mentioned him as well, whether he was just going to be able to continue to be healthy on a, on a steady basis. No, no, you're right. And some of the things I saw Brady do that I really never saw him do over his career, uh, it, it, almost like a protect mode where he'd throw the ball and duck. He'd be throwing into the mm. ball, and next thing you know, he'd be falling out of the way of defensive linemen. And he was almost like, self-preservation and it's not something that I've seen from him before he always stepped up made a throw whether it was a good throw or a bad throw but he was stepping off the right feet he was stepping into the throw and he might have got kissed this year for some reason now he was seeing that and he was actually building that into his delivery that I'm going to take a hit so I'm going to make a throw and duck and that kind of concerned me early on mm-hmm. as well and I'm I'm like you know what's happening here why is he doing that all of a sudden so I was concerned about that however in the last few games we didn't see any of that, and, no. and, and he has been very clean as well. We've done a great job offensively on the front line to protect him, but he still had a lot of throws where he stepped into it, and I saw the old Brady from the footwork standpoint, you know? Yeah, do you think that's the one change? Because, I mean, beating the Chargers, and then you were you were at the Chargers game in Foxborough, and then going to Arrowhead last week to win the AFC Championship game against a very hot and very fast uh, Kansas City Chiefs squad. Do you think that's been the main difference, the fact that they've kept the pocket clean for Brady and he's had the ability to use his feet and get into throws? Absolutely. They've done such a great uh, job. You know, the... The last few teams that we played from the Chargers to Kansas City, uh, they're not tremendously defensively. And and like the Rams, you know, they do have some flaws defensively. But all three teams did a pretty good job with their front four getting pressure on the Patriots. And, again, that's something that has always hurt us in the past, going back to uh, Jacksonville, going back to the, the, the Giants. We've always had trouble with teams that can put pressure on Brady with just the front four. Yeah. And and that's kind of what these teams were doing or expecting to do moving forward, playing us in the last few weeks. But we've done a great job with that. He's been very – the pocket has been very clean. He's been able to step forward into the throws. I don't think very often he had to move move the pocket left or right. The pocket kind of – he was able to step right into it. And to me, that's an incredible job that, you know, uh, Skarnecki is doing with the front line. Um, not a lot of penalties the last few weeks either that yep. we've had that kind of plagued us against Pittsburgh. Um, 
So to me, that's a, a tremendous adjustment in the front line, which I think is our biggest key over the – defensively, we're getting better as well, but I think our biggest key is how the front line has been playing the last few weeks. Do you think that's the biggest matchup heading into the, the Super Bowl? We're going to talk about matchups that are important, obviously, a little later on in the show, but do you think that – I mean, that, that front, you know, David Andrews and uh, versus uh, Aaron Donald and Dominican Sue, uh, is that the most important matchup you see going into the Super Bowl, or is there another, you know, personnel group that you're sort of looking at, like wide receivers or something along those lines no you're dead on you're dead on that's going to be the key matchup um and and i think what we're going to do with them is is very simple uh one of the things that the 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 saints weren't able to do is they did have great running backs and but they really only had one or two players like kamara where they can extend the running game outside the hash marks yeah we've done a very good job extending you know the the, the running game really outside the hash marks everything from the sprint draws, everything from the quick hitters, everything from dumping off to the running backs. We've been able to push that, the line of scrimmage, really all 53 yards across the, uh, across the line of scrimmage. One of the things that the Patriots are, are able to do is we do have the players to get the ball outside the hash marks, but we also have people like Edelman, okay? He's, he is not afraid to come down and crack on a linebacker. We had uh, uh, Hogan. They are physical. They will make blocks. They will make plays. Uh, Cordell Patterson, he's a big, strong guy. Those are the things that I think we're going to do. We're really going to extend this line of scrimmage. Uh, it's almost going to be like an accordion. We're going to push him out. We're going to bring him back in. We're going to push him out. We're going to bring him back in. And I think that's going to, and with tempo as well, um, I think that's the key is, is, is managing that interior, the Rams interior, and making them go wide, come in and go wide. I think that's going to really be a key to really start the running game outside the hash marks. Okay, I have a, I have a stat for you, Dad, and then I have a, a question for you. The first stat, and I found this out, I just thought it was amazing for the Patriots. Um, the Patriots have played now in the playoffs the Chargers, the Chiefs, and the Rams. Those three teams combined to be 37-11 and 11 this season. 37-11. and 11. The last time the Patriots faced a slate of playoff opponents that powerful was all the way back in 2004 when they played Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. Indy, and Philly, combined 40-8 and eight record. Does that uh, mean anything to you that this Patriots team that everyone counted out is facing the, the hardest slate of playoff opponents they've had since 04, and they're still here in the big game? Yeah, yeah. Win, wins and losses-wise, it does. All right? But it's the quality of the play that they've played and the style in which they play as well. Yep. And it's also the fact that the Patriots, uh, number one, 100%, we're healthy across the board. Yep. All right? We have our defensive squad 100% healthy. And we've shown against some strong offensive teams that the defense has the ability to step up. So you're right. Wins and losses, yes. But I really love the matchup against this team. I really think that we're going to dominate uh, uh, for the most part on defense. We're going to dominate mm. in the defensive line as well. So you're right. It does worry me, but this I feel more comfortable against the Rams than I had against the Chargers in Kansas City. Wow. What about the feelings you had against Philly and against Atlanta the last two years? Good teams, strong teams. Uh, I remember my podcast from last year. I said there was probably going to be a shootout. The last person who had the ball may win. Yeah, so that's how it turned out. Happen this time, <laughs> you know. I don't think it's going to happen this time. I think it's going to be a little bit more of a of a composed game. Uh, if if you had to really put it in a nutshell, I see us playing more like the Patriots Chargers versus Patriots Kansas City. Wow. I think we're gonna. I'm going to see a little bit more dominance. 
uh, from the Patriots, both both offensively and defensively as well. Wow. Wow. Well, we, uh, we are recording this as the Pro Bowl is going on on our television sets, and it's very fun to be talking about a team that has players that could have played in the Pro Bowl, but they didn't allow them to because they're playing in a game next week, the only game that matters is the Super Bowl. Before we let you go, though, I have something that has been worrying me, and I know it's got to be worrying you as a Patriots fan. For years, for decades now, the Patriots have been very much, you know, they sort of zipped their lips, they went, they took their lunch pail, they went to work, they went and did their business and let their actions do the talking for them. Over the past few weeks, however, these Patriots have been a little bit different than the Patriots that I remember, especially coming from Tom Brady. There's been a lot of talk about how nobody believes in us, the media counted us out, but where they're really kind of coming out with a big swagger and a big walk, like a Vince McMahon walking the, into the ring there going, nobody out here is better than us. They're talking about it in the media, they're talking about it in social media, they're kind of letting their uh, ego show a little bit. Does that scare you as a little bit of change of pace for this Belichick-led team? <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it, it, it is a difference, uh, but they're right. <laughs> you know, they, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's as you get a little older and as you get to kind of wind, obviously, you know, Tom Brady's co- career is winding down and, and maybe take a little bit of, that's right, I'm here again, you know, uh, deal with us, we're here again, we're yep. coming again, yep. um, and, 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 and I'm okay with that, I, I'm okay with that, um, because no one knows more than Brady, Belichick, and the entire organization. When you're in that huddle, when you're in that locker room, no one knows more than them that you've got to do the job. You've got to step up and do do the job. So uh, as, as long as they, they keep that mindset, I think we're going to see another victory. I mean, I think you t- capitalize on whatever momentum you can get as a team. Like, whatever whatever works for you. If if, if it's working for them to, to feel like the underdogs and to put themselves in that role, even though everybody knows that they're not and that they have that experience, as a Patriots fan, I'm fine with that. Use whatever you have to to motivate yourself for this game. A- absolutely. Absolutely. Everything from the last uh, time we played Philly when uh, Belichick read the, uh, the next day's press release about where the parade was going to take place in Philly, Whatever it takes to, to, to give that little special edge. Now, Brady said it uh, a few days ago, you don't need any motivation. But let me tell you, anything you can do to bring it to the player's face, to tell them, hey, here's what's happening, and whatever piece, you're 100% right, whatever they can do to sit there and set the stage, set the mindset, to allow these guys to go out now and, and do their job. I think that's you're absolutely right. Okay, well, before we let you go, the next thing we're going to be talking about on the podcast, we're going to be going through the prop bets because it's every gambler's favorite holiday is the Super Bowl. They can bet on legitimately anything. Um, do you have anything in the realm of Patriots? You know the Patriots better than anyone I know. You watch every second of every play that they have. Do you see this Super Bowl sort of uh, pointing towards one certain player that's going to have a big day that some of these gamblers should focus on in the prop world? I think White. I think White's going to break his Super Bowl record from the Atlanta game. Uh, yeah. Catches. Yeah. I really do. I don't know what the over/under is there, but if it's eight, nine, seven to six, or if it's ten, bet it. It's sitting. Uh, it's sitting at eight or nine right now, where you can start to get plus money. It's a big number, but if you're saying James White, I mean, he's he's going to be all over the place. Bet it. It's going to happen. One thing. One thing I think you're going to see too is it, it always frustrates me is Brady's been never good with uh, doing any hard counts. But I think they're going to establish a hard count this year. They're going to get these guys to get them back in their haunches. You're going to see a couple of crucial hard counts. We're going to get them offside. Not only get them offside, but we're going to get that old free play action. So I think you're going to see that a couple of times this year, something that we haven't done, haven't really worked on. But that might be a new wrinkle that Patriots are going to put to, to keep Donald and keep Sue uh, uh, on their haunches. 
I think you're going to see that. Uh, you know, it's not a prop bet, but I bet you'll see it. Right. I, I kind of like first touchdown to Philip Dorsett. I don't know. There's something about that because he he always comes out of nowhere. Like you never think he's going to be part of the offense, and he always does something huge. Like I could totally see Brady just bombing one out to him. Like first couple plays of the series, just try and come out and make a statement going downfield. Philip Dorsett. I'd love. I mean, I'd love to see it, but I don't know. Philip Dorsett. I, I, I think he could I be love a that, uh, because. And now he might be the field too. Is he is he named or is he the field? He's, he's named. They name pretty much everybody nowadays. And Dangles is the that's the exact that comment right there is the exact reason why Vegas makes money every year on the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> All right, before we let you go, Dad, I know you've uh, leaning towards the Patriots. You said they're going to dominate. Give me a score prediction, and uh, why not give me a Super Bowl MVP for this year's Super Bowl? Rams, Patriots. Uh, the Patriots, thirty-four, seventeen. Might give him a courtesy touchdown to bring him to 24, but you're looking at 34-17, and your uh, Super Bowl MVP is going to be uh, Tom Brady, and the second guess will be White. If White gets 17 catches, it might be him, but you're looking at either Tom Brady or, or James White to be the MVP. All right, I love it, and I wish you luck, and I'll be talking to you uh, before this game and probably during this game as well. Thank you again for calling in for the third straight year. The Patriots are in the Super Bowl, the third year we've had a podcast, the third year you've graced and opened our Super Bowl preview show. Thank you very much for calling in, Dad. My absolute pleasure. All right, and that's it. Next, we're going into Alex Alche and the prop bet world. Left Coasters. Okay, we have now for the first time this season in studio. I believe so. In studio, is Alex really? Alche is here, the resident New York Giant fan. The reason he is here is because out of all the friends that I have that are able to come into uh, this studio, he is the most degenerate that I know. Amen. And the Super Bowl is made for us degenerate gamblers out there because you can put money on absolutely anything during this day, down to as meaningless as a coin flip. Literally, you can bet that it's either going to be heads or it's going to be tails. You can bet whatever you want. And Alex and I have both done our due diligence and done the hard work and navigated through every single prop bet that is listed on the interwebs to tell you which ones you should take to make some money this Super Bowl Sunday. We're not going to talk about who's going to win the game and who's going to lose the game. No, no, no. The devil is in the details on these prop bets, and we're going to get really specific with what exactly is going to happen. Now, Dangles and Brian are going to sit here like you at home, sit here as the listeners, and listen to us go through every prop bet that we have outlined. And at the end of it all, Matt and Brian both are going to tell you what bet they are going to decide to go with, whether it's Alex's, whether it's mine, or maybe it's one that we both agree on. Are you two sitting here ready to go? through these bets and say, you know what? I like this one. Absolutely. Can't wait. 100% Can't wait. Freaking percent, Can't wait. Tony. Okay. Let's rock and roll. I okay. just want to say real quick that this is the best game of the year, not because it's the Super Bowl, not because you need to find out who wins and loses, but because everyone can be a degenerate this day, yes. and it is fully allowed. You want to make a $5 yes. bet? You want to make a $500 bet? Yes. Do it. It's it awesome. It is 100% allowed. It is 100% <laughs> allowed, and I do, do really enjoy that. But let's start right in the beginning. Before the ball is even kicked off. Now, we're not going to take a coin flip bet because that's, you know, that's literally chance. Instead, we're going to tell you with exact science what to do before the before the kick goes off. And, uh, well, it's, it's the most televised moment, the most televised national anthem there is. Gladys Knight and her 74-year-old ass is going to come out into the middle of Atlanta and sing you the national anthem. It is going to be shown across the world. 
Okay, Gladys Knight's going to sit there, and you can bet literally anything about Gladys Knight. What color is her dress? You can bet what color her dress is going to be. That's not the way I went. Me. That's not the way Alex went. Alex, what do you have for a Gladys Knight prop bet? What's, I know you got a couple, but what's your favorite one? I think my favorite Gladys bet is that will Gladys forget a word? Plus 400 for yes. See, I don't know if I like that, though. Listen to the reasoning. Gladys is 74. Yes. She's coming home yes. to Atlanta to sing the national anthem. Yes. She's going to have an accompanist who might be pushing it, might be not. We'll get to that in a minute. But she's going to be a bit nervous. This is Gladys's biggest moment in, like, 25 years. She's got no pips behind her. It's just Gladys. <laughs> Plus 400. I'm thinking in the first two verses, or the ramparts we watched, or the ramparts we washed. Who knows what's going to happen? She might fuck that up. Plus 400. Put a $5 bet on that for yes. Gladys forgetting a word. I uh, love it. Okay, okay. Here's the thing about forgetting a word. The, the, and this is a big thing. With, this is a theme with the props that I'm going to have going right here. I don't know if I like the wording of that bet. You just said if she gets the wrong word, is that the same as forgetting a word? Because yes. if I'm Vegas, I'm gonna say no. If I'm if I'm me, I'm saying yes. Of and course, I'm, you. Yeah. yeah, that's a tough thing to I. It's a tough thing to delineate. It's a good call out. But I'm taking it more for the fun of it, and I think it's the most possible of the ridiculous bets on the national. There are definitely ridiculous bets. My favorite bet is a bet I do every year, and the bet I think you guys should be most interested in taking. They, every year, as soon as they announce who's going to be singing the national anthem, they give you a time. And they say this national anthem will be sung in this amount of time. Do you think it will be over, or do you think it will be under? Okay, usually the past few years, and I've done this every year, I would know, the numbers around two minutes and change, two minutes and seven, two minutes and ten, two minutes and four. Those have been the past three years over-unders. Gladys Knight, one minute, 43 seconds. And Tony Cavallo has already put money down, killing the over. Because Gladys Knight, as Alex Alche just said, is returning to Atlanta. She is donning the first song of the day. She is going to stand there in her 74-year-old ass. The most important moment of the last 25 years for her, as you just said, and she's going to hold every note like it's her last. This is officially Gladys's swan song, and she is killing the over of a minute 43. Can I counter you, yes, please. Mr. Tricky Dick? Yeah. Have you seen Gladys's only YouTube video of her singing the national anthem? Because I have. And it was five years ago. And do you want to know what her time was? A minute 37. This bitch is booking. Okay? Gladys Knight is 74. Gladys Knight will have an accompanist. Gladys Knight is not... Gladys Knight, as someone who is trained in the art of musical theater, as someone who's been trained to sing, Gladys Knight is not holding notes. Gladys Knight can barely breathe. Gladys Knight is no. getting through it <laughs> no. and will try her damnedest to hit the notes, and she's going to come in under 143, and that is plus 140. The, what, what is the, uh, what is the, the over? O the over is minus 160. It's not good money, but it's a free bet. You're going to win. We will find out. I'm taking the under because I just think 74-year-old doesn't have the chops much anymore. She'll barely hit Let's the notes. Let's go, Gladys. She might forget Let's words. Let's go, Gladys. All right, so now the game is kicked off. Okay, the game has started. Whoever has the ball first, it's happening. You can t you can bet who's going to get the ball first. You can bet what's the first play going to be. You can bet all this stuff. Instead, we're going to rush right into who's going to score the first touchdown of 
the game. This is a bet everyone should take, and it's a long shot odd because this you could bet who's the first Ram, who's the first Patriot, who's the first both. I'm looking for the first both, and I got three names I'm looking at. I think I'm going to take only one of them, though. There are two Rams on there, and I think the Rams do get the ball first, and it depends on if they score that first touchdown. Tony Cavallo thinks this is the return of Todd Gurley. I think Todd Gurley's going to have a huge day. That's going to be a theme with my prop bets. Him to score the first touchdown is plus 450. I really like it. If you don't think Todd Gurley's returning to form and you don't think it's going to be a Todd Gurley day, C.J. Anderson plus 1,000. 1,000 to score a first touchdown. Now, that number alone makes me think that Vegas knows that Todd Gurley's fully healthy because if C.J. Anderson was the predominant starter as he's been the past three weeks, C.J. Anderson would not be plus 1,000 to score the first touchdown. He'd be closer to Todd Gurley numbers. But the number I'm going to take and the man that I think will score the first touchdown in the Super Bowl is a Patriot, and you might have heard his name during Tony Sr.'s phone call. It's James White at plus 900. I love James White to score the first touchdown. Book it. I am actually putting money on this. Plus 900, James White. Alche, your retort. It's a good bet. It's a good bet. However, I'm playing the odds of the strategies of the coaches. Mm. So I think if the Pats win the coin toss, Belichick's going to defer because he's going to want the ball at half. He will, he will defer. He will absolutely defer. And conversely... If the Rams win the coin toss, Sean McVay is going to want Goff out in front right away, so they're going to take the ball. That's my thoughts. I don't know if it's I, I completely going to happen, I but that's what I think. The best odds of these, I have three Rams players, and those are the only bets I'm taking. Josh Reynolds at plus 2,200, filling that Cooper Cup role, is phenomenal. That's a huge number. That's and then number. the two tight ends who are the surprises. <laughs> Tyler, every year I take the tight ends, and every year I get boned, but I think the Rams are going to be using the tight ends ad nauseum this game. Gerald Everett at plus 2,800, and Tyler Higby at a whopping plus 4,000. Now, when was the last time Higby caught a ball? Uh, I, yeah, I think the, I think that's that's a little little far off. My pick's Philip Dorsett. Yes. I like Philip. Yes, I like Philip Dorsett to catch the see. Tony called me. Tony called me an idiot on the podcast earlier. I did for, not. You not in so many words, but you essentially you you said that's why Vegas bets like that are why Vegas makes money. Don't think and you're you, an idiot. I, 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 no, you said bets like that are why Vegas makes money. I love Philip Dorsett for the first time. That's How? hilarious. That was my pick. However, I can't see the Rams not scoring on that first drive because if they don't, I think they're in big trouble. So I think yep. Josh Reynolds at plus. Tw- I'm going to take all three of those as five dollar, maybe ten dollar bets and I will win back money regardless of who scores. All right, I'm going with James White. These two on the other end still have to decide what their pick is. Now, uh, the actual game that's been going on. There's a lot of bets you can make. I will say there are some bets that I always look at. Like, uh, I know me and you together, we've taken there will be a two-point conversion. It's a no-brainer. That right now, I think we got in at plus 230. It's dropped now to plus 200. But will there be a successful two-point conversion? You're still making money if you take that bet, and I love that one. Take it as soon as possible. These teams both got here because they are risk-takers. Yes, and because of, this, the, of the refs, but mostly because they're risk, risk takers, yes. and I think that this is a really good bet. Another fun one to take, and it, I don't think it's going to happen. I will not take it, but it's out there. Is missed extra point is also plus two hundred, and that's always a fun one to take. You got two really solid kickers yeah. in this game. I think that'd be a surprise. It's, it, it would be a surprise. I don't know. Let's ask the kicker, um, Brian. You're making a face. Um. <laughs> I'm going to say it's a very low chance, but it's not going to blow me away if it happens. Um, there's also one Nerves, I took, one I took last year that was probably my favorite bet that I've ever taken in my life is over two and a half passer attempts. Oh, no, I'm sorry. 
over two and a half players to have a pass attempt, a.k.a. you're going to have the two quarterbacks, uh, yeah. you need another guy to throw it. 100%. I, I got plus money last year. Now it's minus money, though. Now it's minus 120 to get that. would not surprise me if Julian Edelman Oh, I was going to say, how do you not have Julian do it? Yeah. 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 The Edelman yeah. throw, you're going to see Robert Woods. Robert Woods. Robert Woods is going to come sure. across on a sweep, but, and he's just going to throw the yeah. but, shit out of that but ball. But again, with props, you're looking to make money. That two and a half, you're not getting that much money on it. Same thing with the rush attempts. This one's a huge number, though. Nine and a half players to have a rush attempt over or under. Wow. Also, minus money to go under. under. I think that's a big number. Give me that's the under. Give me the under on the rushers. As for the game bets that I am taking, the game bets that I am taking, I think this game, this is a this is a crapshoot of a bet right here. Plus 450 is the odds. That's because of it. I think the grand total of points falls between 57 and 63. 57 and 63 is the end total for points. We're talking a game in the high 20s, low 30s. 57 to 63 is plus 450. That's the zone I want. Do you have any zone uh, type bets? I don't have any zone bets, no. But I do have both teams combining for 1,000 plus yards. Oh, that's, that's huge. Wow, that is that's a lot. Plus 350. Last year was such an anomaly, dude. Like, that's not the norm. Was it, though? Because I think either way, all I need is Jared Goff to get to 300 yards. And I I think that the rushers will take care of the other 200. You know Tom Brady is going to be throwing for 350, 400. You know he's doing that, so I, I think, only need 150 if, on the ground I, I there. think if the running game is as good as it has been in the last two games – they may not need to go that route if they can exploit if they can exploit the Rams defense and the Rams defense has not what been good th- at, at at defending against the rush. They have in the play they have this year in the playoffs. They didn't do a good job of stopping Alvin Kamara uh, uh, in the NFC Championship. But to Alex's game, bet, do you do you believe Tom Brady has two hundred fifty plus yards passing? Probably so. I at, think I think so. At plus three fifty, that's a good bet. A, at plus three fifty, it's a good to bet. To throw then. ten twenty dollars, if you have some money to throw a hundred dollars on it, I think a that's a fun yards one to is get back. So much. It's I mean, but think of it like this: if you got golf throwing two fifty, and you got and, and let's say you got Tom Brady throwing for two fifty, you got to make up five hundred yards in rushing. That's a lot. It's a lot. Well, but I think they're both going to have three hundred plus. Yes, you, that, that his bet means you need to have it not only be a close game, but the Rams are playing. The Rams are playing. That's the only way you win that. I, however, don't know if it's going to get to 1,000 yards. I will tell you, 57 to 63 points, I know exactly how they get there, Brian. I know exactly how they get there. You want to know how? Sure. I would put money, and I am going to put money on, there are exactly five field goals in this game. (laughs) There are exactly five field goals in this game at plus 500. Also, there are over two and a half field goals in the first half. Over oh, two and a half field goals in, in the first half. Second, that money is plus three twenty-five. Give it to me. Plus three twenty-five over two and a half field goals in the first half. And Tony, they can't score just field goals, right, Matt? I see you looking at me with that weird face. There are exactly six touchdowns in this game. Exactly six touchdowns plus four fifty. Those three bets right there are exactly how you get to fifty-seven to sixty-three plus four fifty. Take it all, win some money. Tony Cavallo gives it to you. I like it, but I think you're asking for a lot of exactness in yes. a game that is so fucking I've seen it. latent I've with seen six touchdowns is a lot for me. I've seen it. I love. I really love the over two and a half field goals in the first half. 100%. I'm happy you do too. Uh, any other game bets that you want to take before we get to individual player stuff? I really love. I think this is a fucking no brainer to me. Yards of longest penalty over twenty three and a half. Oh, that's yeah. It's just a there, chuck. It's just a chuck, and it's a pass interference call. It's plus one ten. It's even money. That's, Why the hell not? That's not a bad bet. That's Why the hell not? Really good bet. Take I like that. that a lot. You want to move on to individual players? Yes, please. Okay, so uh, well, let's go off. We might as well say it. He's already brought up Tom Brady. Timmy Tom, Tom Brady. I think this is Tom Brady's career game. 
I really do. The past three his magnum opus, yes. if you will. The past two Super Bowls, his stats passing the ball have been ridiculous. Tom Brady, if you combine these two stats, you have to get them both. Tom Brady over 362 passing yards, over 362 passing yards, and four or more passing touchdowns. Four or more passing touchdowns. That means everything's done through Brady in this game. You tie those together, you're getting plus five. 50. If you think this is the Tom Brady special game, that's a plus 550 bet that you know can happen. Also, you add on the plus 200 for him to win MVP, making money. If you think Tom Brady can do it, that's the bet you take. I had the first two. I think Tom Brady, if they win this game, is going to be the MVP, so that's like a no-brainer. Yes. So if you think that's going to be his game, yeah, I like it all together. The first two I really, really like because the only way that they win is through Tom Brady. So he's either having a career day or they're going to lose. I also like, uh, I think this is the Todd Gurley return. I think this is the easiest bet in the world right here. Todd Gurley, when he was healthy, was out of the backfield receiving the ball more than anybody. Five receptions. 61 receiving yards. He has to hit those numbers. Five receptions, 61 receiving yards. You're getting plus 285 on that number. That's almost an insult to him. Yes. Like, it's it like, where the is. fuck you been, Todd Gurley? Prove to us you can't do anything. I'm taking healthy. that bet in the heart. All right, before we move to our favorite bets, do you have any other individual bets you want to take? This is a mean one to Jared Goff, but and it's not great odds, but Goff to have an interception is minus 140. I mean, the he's dude— He's throwing a pick in this he's game. He's throwing a pick in this game, maybe two. Mm. Oh, I would say at least He's one. absolutely throwing mm. an interception That's in this a game. Gimme, that's mm. a gimme in this. Mm. Oh, my goodness. I think it goes to one of the McCourty twins, too. I agree. I, I, I can't believe I forgot this. Really quickly, before we get to our favorite bets, the halftime show. That's Hello. the best thing to bet. The halftime show, that's that's the part of the Super Bowl show where everyone at your Super Bowl party is going to be watching. Even yeah, and if you're talking specifically fan. about what song is played first by the halftime uh, act. Well, right? I usually bet that every year is what song will be played in the first halftime act. This is the first year I think in it's, seven I think years. It's easy this year. I will not be taking that I think that it's bet. easy this year. I disagree because no one in the world wants Maroon 5 to be at that Super Bowl show. I don't even know if They're Maroon 5. They're not starting. I don't even know if Maroon 5 opens a Super Bowl show, and you cannot take any other song. It's not available out there other than a Maroon 5 song to start this show. So I'm a little really? bit worried. Really? There's no field? I'm a little bit worried. There's field, but it's field of Maroon 5. Yes. So, so, so I'm so really stupid. worried about the Maroon 5 show. However, I will not go a halftime show without making a bet somewhere, and I found a bet that I'm taking during this halftime show. Big Boy will be appearing at the halftime show. It's already been announced. And Big Boy, somewhere on his body, needs to have an Atlanta Falcons logo. And I get plus 400 for that success. Hmm. Big boy, diehard Atlanta boy. We'll be wearing Atlanta Falcons gear somewhere, some way. Whether it's a flat bill, whether it's a full jersey, whether it's something I need. A Falcons logo, big boy, you're hearing me back home. Plus 400. I'm taking that bet. I like it. Don't love it. Don't really care. My favorite, <laughs> my favorite halftime bet is will any performer fall down? <laughs> It's plus 700. All I need is a dancer to step on someone's foot and up. He's down. One dancer. It's not happening. One moment. One basis it's not tripping happening. over a cord. It's not happening. Big boy Sorry. falling on his Atlanta jersey. Sorry. I don't give a fuck. I'm really irritated about the, the song thing because what if <laughs> No, seriously, because the easy answer is sicko mode. Travis Scott is the other act in this in this uh, uh halftime show. They're gonna launch into the second verse of sicko mode as the first. That that is what makes sense. Not starting with a Maroon 5 song. There that, is there that just is doesn't a, make any sense to me. So what if they what if Maroon 5 doesn't start though? What about all the people who put money down on a Maroon 5 song? That's Vegas. That's, that's, that's well, why that's, people that's make money. That's just stupid. All right, before you two decide what bet you're taking, me and Alche need to give you our favorite bets of the Super Bowl. Alche, really quickly, what do you got? 
Uh, I like. I have two real quick. I have Romo or Nance will make mention of the spread. Plus 250, yes. I think that's a really fun, interesting bet. And you have a whole game to watch for that, and that's really fun to do. Say it again. Romo or Nance, Tony Romo or Jim Nance, the announcers of the game, will make mention of the point spread in See, the game. That's the other thing. That's the wording of that. I don't like it. I do not like it. What it, it, it they can infer so much that they're talking about the spread. Al Michaels does it all the time. There's a field goal at the end of the half, and he'll go, oh, that helps somebody. He's talking about the spread when he says that. That's not mentioning the you spread, You know though. mentioning the spread is like it's plus six for the See, blah, blah, blah. See, that's tough. That's so if, tough. I don't I know I think if it'll be really far. interesting if they go that far I because don't think gambling is now legal, and yes. it'll be very interesting yes. to see. I think they talk about it. I don't know if they go that far. What's your other favorite? The other one that I really love because I love this man so much is Todd Gurley MVP plus 440. I think if the Rams win this game, it's, it's on the back through, of Gurley. On the back yeah. of Gurley, it's not on the back of Goff. Okay, before you guys go, my favorite bet and the bet I, uh, I'm putting the most money on, and I can't wait to see it. Uh, I had this bet last year, and it was very close to happening. They doubled the money this year, and that's why I'm taking it again. Plus 800, the biggest bet I've given you so far. Plus 800, Tom Brady rushing touchdown. He's so good at that little half yard, just reach over the line and get there on a QB sneak. And also, I just see him. I, I do believe that this is the Brady show, and I see him on a five-yard broken play just sneaking it in and throwing a big old-fashioned Brady spike down. Plus 800, Tom Brady rushing touchdown. Before we move on to the left coast is breaking down the actual Super Bowl. Dangles, you've heard all these bets. What's the one you're taking? Ooh, uh, I think for me it probably has to be the over on the national anthem. Yes! I think I like the over on the national anthem. I think Gladys Knight takes her time. I don't think she's rushing. I think this is a big to-do. I agree with Tony's reasoning on it. I'm sorry, Alex. I am going in the over on uh, Gladys Knight on the uh, and on the uh, national anthem. Uh, on the is, national, that is over a minute national 43 anthem. seconds. Time it at home. I'm going to counter that. I'm going with Elche on, on the under. Get out of here. The under. I think here. he makes a very compelling argument. I've watched, by the way, I don't know if you guys saw Jimmy Buffett. Jimmy Buffett did the New Orleans uh, yes. Los Angeles Rams game. He was in and out in a minute. Clocked him. Yeah. Minute three. <laughs> so I think thirty seconds is a long ass time to yep. to make up, and I and I think you, your logic makes sense. But the one that I'm getting most excited about is that two and a half field, field goals, goals in, in the, the first, first half. half. I love. That I think one. this is going to be it's a good field one. goal game. I think this is going to be a ground game. But I think field goals are going to be a plenty. You can't tell me that when the when the Rams stall multiple times at the 40 or the 30. They're going to send Greg the, the leg. Gre Greg the leg is putting 50s up. Yeah. What's Any stats on kickers, by the way? Oh, there's a bunch of stats on kickers. I didn't get into them because it, it, it's a lot of exactas. Like, will Greg hit X amount of field goals? And it, that's the I'd only play place with that because I think it's going to be a field goal heavy game. Yeah. It's fun, yeah. The right. field goals are going to be fun. All right, those are your prop bets. It's the it's the, the holiday of gambling this Super Bowl. Now, after this, we're going to break down the Super Bowl matchup between your Los Angeles Rams and Dangles' New England Patriots. Ram it, baby. Alche, before you go, you got a quick Super Bowl prediction? Oh, my God. I think it's going to be the Patriots by a million, unfortunately. Wow. That's two in a row. Tony Sr. and Alex Alche, the man who hates the Patriots, both pick a Patriots domin dominance. Let's see if the left coasters agree. Ram Fuck it. you, Tom Brady. Left coasters. And here we go. You've heard the prop bets. You've heard Tony Sr. call in. You've heard all the outside influence, all the outside voices that are sitting there saying, this is what I think is going to happen in the Super Bowl. But right now, let's do our predictions. The Left Coasters Super Bowl Analysis Special. Tony Cavallo, Matthew Dangles, D'Angelo Antonio, 
Brian the Ballerina Balzerini. It's time to break it down the only way we know how. We decided this year to do matchups because there's a lot of interesting ones in this game. Who's going to win at this point of the field? So we've highlighted a few, and we're going to go through and predict who we think's going to win that particular matchup and whether it will affect our overall outcome at the end. The three of us then will make our normal predictions because Dangles right now, uh, you're leading our playoff predictions as you led our regular season predictions. Isn't you have a that total, funny? You have a total of 14 points after getting both championship games correct. Uh, Brian and I are tied with 10 points apiece. Brian got zero championship game correct. That's why he fell. Uh, again, Brian and I have 10 points. Dangles has 14 points, and the Super Bowl is worth five points. So we both can catch up if we pick opposite from Dangles. I think he's picking the Patriots. <laughs> so, uh, Dangles, real quickly. Let's break down the coaches. Yes. Because you have what arguably is the best coach of all time yes. in Bill Belichick, and you have what arguably is the hottest coach right now in Sean McVay. Yes. Everyone out there, all these coaching vacancies that we saw said, I need to get the next Sean McVay, the next Sean McVay, the next Sean McVay. Now it's Sean McVay against Bill Belichick, or Bill Belichick against the next Bill Belichick. Dangles, do you think it's even... Worth our time to go through this matchup, or do you think it's Belichick in a route on who has the coaching advantage? I mean, it can't not be, right? Like, I mean, he's been to this game. This is their ninth Super Bowl appearance, the Patriots under Bill Belichick. Um, Sean McVay's first, obviously. Um, and, 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 you know, he had his first playoff game last year. Um, if we're throwing a, if we're throwing aside history and experience, I mean, I think they're, I think it's a great matchup to look at. Yeah. I mean, you've got you've got the, the master of taking away the biggest weapon that your team has. And Bill Belichick, he, nobody does it better than isolating what your biggest strength is and taking that away from you. They did it in the AFC Championship game against the Chiefs. They they came out with packages where they had a single high safety. They had a safety all the time up high. There was no chance for Tyreek Hill to get one on one coverage. They took that matchup away, and I think they're going to do the the Patriots are going to come in and try and do the same thing. And then on the other side, you've got Sean McVay, who is uh, uh, you know a master of disguise. He, he comes up with creative offensive schemes. He's the young gun. He's uh, you know, a lot of people call him the next Bill Belichick. Um, so, you know, I think there is a bit of a, you know, a pa- a greatness of past and greatness of future matchup here. It I do fun. give I do give the edge to Bill Belichick simply because of experience, simply because he's been here before. He knows what to expect. He knows how to manage his team's expectations and the, the emotions and everything that just comes along with being in a Super Bowl. I definitely give the edge to Bill Belichick. But, it, but the coaching matchup is going to be uh, an incredibly important one. And Sean McVay needs to needs to come out strong. He needs to come out confident and he needs to to make sure that he doesn't get out coached in this game because that would be the easiest way for the Rams to lose this game is if he gets out coached in like the first the first quarter yeah you know and your dad has talked about it in the past nobody's as good as Belichick at making those halftime adjustments yeah. as well and Sean McVay is going to have to be able to predict what kind of adjustments the Patriots are going to be making at halftime and try and counter that I am very excited to see these two masterminds go to work because it's going to be very much no one knows what's to come none of these they both of these teams are so fluid and can throw multiple looks at you and win the game in multiple ways that both of these guys McVay and Belichick are gonna, gonna you know be tinkering this next few weeks and trying to figure out the perfect game plan to attack this other team and then there's going to be the adjustments on top it's gonna be a great matchup I do think Belichick has the advantage but boy wonder McVay is going to come up with some stuff to make him work for it Brian do you agree I 100% agree but I think Bill Belichick has shown one extra le- level of coaching and that is 
not being shy of giving the ball to the underdog wide receiver yep. or the or the or the running back like Rex Burkhead. You know, it, it's it's he's he's so good at giving power and, and spotlight to that one guy who nobody expected. And I and I've called it, you know, Philip Dorsett as my X factor this this game. I think there's going to be that kind of guy who's just going to make and and that's Bill Belichick's genius is that he's not afraid to 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 take the spotlight a little bit away from Brady. So that that other players can take that load, and we see it every Super Bowl, yeah. every single Super Bowl, somebody comes out of nowhere yeah. and becomes a famous over the overnight sensation. Yeah. But they've just been that silent silent X factor. It's gonna be great. It's gonna be great. Could the overnight sensation be Jared? Could it be Jared Goff? This yeah. is Jared Goff coming into his own. The next matchup we have is Brady versus Goff. Listen, Brady is the greatest of all time. There is no refuting that. I will say, however, they do not win that New Orleans game. The Rams do without. Jared Goff. Jared Goff can play in this game. The question is, which Jared Goff shows up? The one that they decide to hand the ball off to the running back 70 times or the one where they let Jared let it rip? Jared had over 370 yards passing in that NFC Championship game. But let's not forget how hard that start was for the Los Angeles Rams. Absolutely. Jared Goff did not look comfortable. The team looked off. It showed me personally that Jared Goff truly is the the backbone of this team. Todd Gurley is is the one-two punch. He's the the legs to this this offense, so to speak. But I'll tell you what, Jared Goff is the backbone of making this offense go. And we saw at the first quarter of that game against New Orleans, they looked lost. And Jared Goff looked lost. I think that that was the most important thing that could have happened to them at this point of the season. To win a game after starting like that, they're not going to come out like that again. Yeah. They're going to be overprepared, and I think that is a huge, huge, huge thing for Jared Goff's success in this game. I will say, I mean, no one's going to refute Tom Brady. They have the advantage at quarterback. The Patriots do, but I think Jared Goff this is weird to say, but I think he has a little bit of Nick Foles in him in that he's a calm, cool cucumber. This guy will let fire be all around him and be able to still stand and deliver, and that's what you need to do in the Super Bowl. You can't let the glitz and glamour get in your head. It's just a football game. Go out there and do what you were made to so do. So I, I was looking around and I saw a great tweet about Tom Brady. Just to, you know, we're talking about just in, in his performance in the Super Bowl. In the nine games that he's played in the Super Bowl, he has two thousand five hundred and seventy-six passing yards just in the Super Bowl. Uh, Eighteen touchdowns, five interceptions. So if you extrapolate that out to a sixteen-game season. And it's a 5,152 yard, 36 touchdown year just in the Super Bowl. So, again, 25-76 in the Super Bowl, and this is a tweet from an SB Nation beat writer, uh, Christian DeAndrea. That's more than 32 other no longer active first-round quarterbacks had in their entire NFL careers, including Tim Tebow, including Todd Marinovich, including Johnny Manziel. Hey, man. He's the best. Holy shit. He's the best. <laughs> Holy shit. And there's more stats like that where you hear and you just literally, you're like, I can't believe. You could create an entire Twitter stream of just Tom Brady stats. And it's insane. And and, and, it, and it would be, they'd be um, the hottest thing every week. So from the best offensive player to the best defensive player, the Rams' best player on the field is going to be Aaron Donald. And he needs to make this game his own if they have a chance to win this game. He needs to make Brady move his feet and create disruption on there. The problem is... Brady hasn't been touched all postseason. This offensive line for New England has not only racked up the rushing yards with their running backs, and it doesn't matter who's back there either. They're getting holes, and they haven't let anyone touch Brady. So dangles. This matchup right here, New England offensive line versus the Rams' D-line. Who has the advantage? Who wins this matchup? 
Well, uh, this is not an easy one to predict because on the one side you have a New England Patriots offensive line that has yet to allow Tom Brady to be sacked in the playoffs. He wasn't sacked in the divisional game. He wasn't sacked in the AFC championship game. They are playing at their absolute highest caliber right now, this yep. this offensive line. Um, this comes down to really David Andrews. He's the center for the Patriots. He's going to have the main job of bottling up Aaron Donald for most of the day. Uh, and that's not an easy thing to do because we've talked about what a game breaker he is. He's incredibly fast. His swim move is among the the best in the NFL. He can get by you in so many ways, and he's so strong. Um, I got to give the advantage here, I think, probably to Aaron Donald. I think he's just such a freak. Um, I, I, the Patriots offensive line and, and like your dad said earlier, what Dante Scarnecchia, their coach, has done with them is impressive as always. Uh, picking up Trent Brown, their monstrous uh, uh, tackle, was left tackle was an enormous pickup yep. for them. Um, but I, I just give it to Aaron Donald and Dominican Sue. I really think they're coming out of that, uh, uh, you know, that 4-3 defense hard. And, and keep in mind, Wade Phillips uh, schemed against and beat the Patriots in the 2015 AFC Championship game. So this is a guy who has experience playing against the Patriots. It's obviously different teams, um, but you do have a situation where you've got scary, he had scary edge rushers then in DeMarcus Ware and Vaughn Miller. He's got scary edge rushers now. Uh, well, scarier interior rushers, I guess. Uh, but the point and being, point being, he knows how to scheme against this Patriots team, and he knows how to he knows how to get into the backfield and make Tom Brady's life trouble. he knows how to scheme against Skarnekia, the O-line coach in particular, because those O-line calls and the way they protect Brady are the same as they've been doing for 15 years. Wade Phillips knows the magic there. And Wade Phillips knows that Don- Aaron Donald is the featured defensive tackle but but we've got to give a lot of love, and I'm glad you said his name, Dangles, but Ndamukong Sue and Dante Fowler. They have more tackles for losses, more sacks, and more t- overall tackles than Aaron Donald does. Mm-hmm. The, that has everything to do with how a team has to double Aaron Donald all the yeah. time, but it's it's it, the credit has to go to the incredible plays that Dante Fowler had against the New Orleans Saints and how Ndamukong Sue wouldn't let a rusher like uh, Alvin Kamara go anywhere. Yeah. Ma- Ingram couldn't go anywhere because of Indomitian Sue. That that's going to be extremely important in this game from from a defensive line versus an offensive line standpoint. Because like you made point that that offensive line for the New England Patriots is getting rushing yards. They're getting passing yards. Yep. The only way to take down this 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 offense is to make Tom Brady's life uh, difficult. Um, the stats that you know uh, against the teams that the New England Patriots lost to in Super Bowls, including two Giants teams, um, they won off of they won off of sacks. And and, yep. and and knocking Tom Brady well, to the ground. We, we we saw this last year. We talked about this last year. We said Philly, the only advantage they really have is in the trenches with that D-line. And Fletcher Cox and the rest of them proved it. They made Tom Brady really difficult. So so it, it, it it's 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 been done. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, I think the Los Angeles Rams are in such a good spot to be the next team that that makes Tom Brady's life yep. a living hell. All right, Dangles, let's go back to you, buddy. We have the uh, uh, L.A. has a bunch of playmakers coming out of the receiving core. The tight ends, too. Brandon Cooks, uh, uh, Josh Reynolds coming in the Cooper Cup role, Bob Woods out there, and then Higby and Everett as well, Alche's favorite to score touchdowns. Again, Stephon Gilmore, who might be the best cover corner in the NFL right now, and a bunch of no-names. McCourty's back there at safety, but otherwise it's a bunch of no-names, a bunch of street-free agents playing guys like Brandon Cooks and uh, Brandon Cooks, the return. He beat New Orleans, his old team in the NFC Championship. Now he gets to play the Patriots, who just let him go and traded him to the Rams. 
Who do you think has the advantage on this one? L.A. pass catchers versus New England defensive backs. I mean, again, it's another tough one here. Uh, I think the Rams are probably going to look to pick on some of those lesser-known guys. I mean, I, yeah. I, I th- I'm going to be watching J.C. Jackson and Jonathan Jones, um, who are package uh, corners uh, for the for the New England Patriots starters, being um, uh, uh, Stephon Gilmore uh, and uh, Jason McCourty. Yeah, I, ca- um, I call those guys defensive holding and defensive pi. <laughs> um, I, I, look, I, I, I'm looking for Devin McCourty to have a big impact in this game too. He's a vet. He's done this before. He knows. He knows what he's doing. Um, I think they're going to try and pick on Jonathan Jones and J.C. Jackson mm-hmm. and, and Deron Harmon as well. Who's another guy who you can pick on? Thank goodness Eric Rowe is not part of this defense this year, um, or has fallen out of favor. It seems. Uh, this, you know, I, I think I probably have to give it to the to the to the Rams wide receivers. I think, so I think that's where where it lies because Although, you have Stephon Gilmore and and then it's just kind of everybody else. I will say I think they. Uh, I, I'm excited to see how they defend the pass against these guys because so, if you watch the Kansas City game, they took Devin McCourty and they only put him on Tyreek yeah. Hill's side, and they literally doubled Tyreek Hill with a high low uh, two defensive players the whole game. I think took him out is, of the game. Yes, and I think that's exactly what they're going to do against Brandon Cooks. I think you're going to see Devin McCourty on that side of the field again playing high safety the whole time that middle third uh, you know that that side whatever side of the field Tyreek Hill is on you're going to see him double teamed with whoever's playing corner on on the outside and I think you're going to see Stephon Gilmore in one-on-one coverage probably with uh, Robert Woods is how that's going to go they're not going to have Stephon Gilmore on Brandon Cooks I don't think that will probably be left to Jason McCourty so you have the McCourty twins covering Brandon Brandon Cooks who knows a thing or two about the Patriots offense obviously being a, a member of the team well, last year well yeah he knows their defense and they know his routes like these, defense, these two guys say, yes. these two guys know each other also uh if we're keeping going on this trying to break down the positional groups i think special teams is a wash they both have great kickers johnny hecker might be the best thrower of, the, of a punter he but, wins the punter battle for sure well the new england has a pretty good punter themselves Ryan allen's a fine punter but he's not johnny hecker no nobody's especially when throwing a spiral johnny hecker is probably the best punter in the nfl a spiral on a fake punt uh as for the running back situation the linebackers for both these teams are not a strong suit but the no. running backs the running backs are the running back sony michelle being a rookie in new england who has had a great 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 year james white who we all are predicting to break his record for catching the most balls out of the backfield and rex burkett don't turn away rex burkett and a great fullback in james devlin that's new the new england uh, uh quartet there la it's all about one guy his name's todd Gurley. And I believe Todd Gurley is fully healthy for this game. I believe you're going to see him 100% of the time in the field. C.J. Anderson has played great. Thank you for getting us here. He's going to be on the bench for this game, maybe in some short yardage, some spell stuff. But it's Gurley versus a four-headed horseman in New England. Bright guy. Where do you think the running back uh, uh, success comes from here? The four-headed horseman or if, is he healthy Gurley? I think it's going to have a lot to do with how Todd Gurley is doing. Because, and that's, not, that's an obvious statement, but let's, let's unpackage that a little bit. When you've got four guys who can get the ball in New England, that is a hell of a task for that linebacking mm-hmm. core. It, because not everybody matches up well against everybody. And that's Bill Belichick's genius. Is he's got four guys who, 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 who are competent, have a great skill set, but varying skill set. Yeah. And it's going to cause a lot of mixed matches. And that's what, that's what um, uh, Bill Belichick loves. On the other side, of the ball when you've got Todd Gurley he he's he's faster stronger and, and a better runner than than any player in the league and the linebackers don't match up well against that yeah I really truly think the the the, the edge for me goes to Todd Gurley only because Todd Gurley has had such a a small impact on this team 
winning the last two games. Granted, he had 100-some-odd yards and a touchdown, but but that was also C.J. Anderson's best game of his life. Yep. Um, so I, I really, truly think that Todd Gurley um, is, is the X factor in this game, and I truly believe that having had such a small role in the last couple of games he's had rest i think he's also pissed at himself he he has said some things he was him. he was he said he played he said in the on the record that he played like crap and and and, and you don't hear that out of nope. star players nope. when was the last time you heard a star player say that as humbly as as this guy was um, and he yeah. and, and be upset with himself i'm sure he wants to prove himself as much as anybody this guy's going to put his body on the line in ways that we've never seen before. Yep. I think he's going to run that. He's going to hit that hole so fucking hard. There's another prop for you is does Todd Gurley hurdle someone? All right. I, I 100% believe I, that this I'm guy against this linebackers is going to is going to take people it's going to take three or four people dragging him to get I'm him. With you. you know, it's 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 tough though. Like you could make the case for the New England backfield just because of the wealth of riches that they have sure. in a short yardage sure. guy like Rex Burkhead or James Devlin or who you can And, and Sony Michelle who is the an hell MVP you, First guy. of all, James Devlin is one of the most is probably the most unheralded player besides Matthew Slater on that on that Patriots team. He's, the he's amount of blocking that he has done this impressive. year to get Sony to allow Sony Michelle Michelle, the the success that he's had running between the tackles because that's where Sony Michelle has not been getting his yards out of breaking the ball outside and rushing outside the hash marks. He is running up your throat or down your throat, up the gut, smash mouth, and it's a large part of it is because James Devlin is out there. They run a lot of runs out of that I formation. They love to line him up. Watch out for the James. Devlin I was gonna say. Prop. I was gonna say. I want the James yeah. Devlin pr- touchdown probably. Numbers. But Big you can numbers. make. I mean, you can make an argument. They have so many ways to beat you out of the backfield. They have a great pat, ca- uh, pass catching back. They have a short yardage guy, and they have Sony Michelle who can be a bell cow. See, the difference for me, Dangles, is with a healthy Todd Gurley, you can take those all four of those New England Patriot He's running backs. And he is, and yes, it's it's I like agree. Voltron, where they all come together and make one final <laughs> form, and that's Todd Gurley. But also, let's throw C.J. Anderson some love too. I oh, think yeah. that also, like we talk this about, this team isn't here without C.J. No, Anderson. no, 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 it's not. And and he's a, he's another two-headed horse powerhouse that I think overall well-roundedness matches that New England uh, four four-headed Good monster. Use. Well-rounded is a great way to describe uh, C.J. Anderson. He kind of is rotund. Uh, let's move on now to the picks. The final. This is it, guys. The Left Coasters podcast, three years in the making. We started this podcast with gas station sushi, and now we're going to the Super Bowl to eat a fine steak. Here wow. we are, the L.A. Rams versus it's the New it's England Patriots. Because we are winding our season down here. This is the yeah. last episode that you will hear for several months. Oh, that, well, that's uh, what I should say. You know? yeah, uh, uh, we will, we, un- unless something crazy goes and we do a parade special, uh, we will likely not be doing a Left Coasters podcast until a little bit later. We'll be coming at you next with the QB list, which is my favorite podcast of the year. That'll be in about five to six weeks. We'll be doing the QB list. But this is it, guys. I'm very happy for this season. I thought we did a great job this year. It was a lot of fun. We learned some things. We grew a little bit. We're all in a different place than we were when we started this well, season. Well, and we should thank our listeners as well. For yeah. every, everybody who tunes in every week, who waits to see that your that, that update on Apple Podcasts, that a new episode of The Left Coasters has been uploaded. Every anybody who, anybody who wakes up on a Thursday morning and goes, oh, I'm going to definitely listen to The Left Coasters today thank you for being out there thank you whether you're friend family whether you've never met us before i know there's only like two or three of you out there but thank you for listening thank you for any and all support that you've given us we do this because we love it not certainly not because we make 
any money off of it. Yes, correct. And, uh, and, and we wouldn't be doing it if we didn't think that other people enjoyed it. And so thank you for letting us know that you did. And let's throw a massive prop out to the to the families that we have who allowed us to have this passion project for the last three years. Yeah, thank who, you. Who, who encouraged us and, 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 you know, told their friends about it. Thank you, guys. Thank we you love you. Thank you for letting you. us have Brian Ansley. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Allie, that lovely Allie. So the, re- the reason I think Dangles was so nice and thanking the listeners because I think I know where his prediction is going to go, and it's going to go against your hometown Los Angeles Rams. Dangles, give me a score and a team that wins Super Bowl. I think the Patriots do win this game. Uh, I, I, I'm I very conflicted, as we've talked about as a fan. Um, it's not very conflicted, somewhat conflicted. I know where my allegiances lie. I want the Patriots to win. They're my team, mm. and I want to see them win. Mm. Um, I, but I, Of course, I will root for the Rams to make it a game. Uh, I think your final score of this year's Super Bowl is going to be uh, Patriots 35, Los Angeles Rams 31. Damn, that's a high-scoring Super Bowl. Uh, I'm going the other way. I, uh, I've thought long and hard about this. The Patriots are my hometown team, you know, my father's team, as we heard earlier in this podcast. I do love the Packers, but I do love Tom Brady and the Patriots. I root for them as hard as I can. They're so much fun. And then they just came up against my baby. This Rams team has grown so much on me over the past three years. They were kind of a joke when we first started this podcast. We were going to root for the Rams, yes, but we never assumed that we would start to really enjoy and love these Rams. The past week, when we watched that game, the NFC Championship game, in a loaded bar in Pasadena, watching the game, everyone's yelling, everyone's hooting and hollering, and we were really dying, living and dying with the Rams right there. And I've truly come, become loved to this team. I just have so much for this team, and I think it'd be such a moment if they won this game. It really would be would. such a, a huge, huge moment in Los Angeles football history to go into this new stadium with a Super Bowl Lombardi trophy. Hey, let's do it, Rams. I think they win. I think they have an actual chance, and I think it's on the back of Todd Gurley as he's eating that cheeseburger in front of all of New England. I'm picking a score of 31-28. to 28. Greg Zerline field goal at the end wins you the game. Rams over New England. Brian. That was Literally, the, my, my 31-28 was going to be mine. Let's do it. All who, right. Who wins the game? The the Los Angeles Rams. I And I don't say that because I'm just a homer, but I truly believe that this is where the story ends for for Tom Brady. I oh, think Tom not Br- that narrative. I, Here we I, go. No, yeah, I, yeah, I don't mean Tom now. Brady is done. I mean yeah. Tom Brady as the as the guy that we've we've come to expect. I think slowly comes to an end, and I think this is the this is the this is the team to hand it off to. If there is if there was a better team to hand the torch off to in terms of perennial powerhouses, I think this is the next chapter in the NFL, and I think it's speaking, the Los Angeles Rams. Speaking of handing torches off, I could see Brady throwing five thousand yards, winning the game by himself, and then going, "Peace, I'm out." <laughs> I, but I mean, truly, he's I think, not retiring. I think oh, he's, he's I'm pretty not much, starting he's pretty that. Much said he's not doing. That. I'm not starting that. What I'm simply saying and offering is that I think there's a new dynasty in the NFL, and I think the Los Angeles Rams are as good, if not better, than most teams who have had dynasty statuses over the last 20, 30 years. So then for our, because we won't get to recap it when it happens, for our playoff pick'em, if the Patriots win, I win the playoff pick'em. If the Los Angeles Rams win, you two tie for the top spot in the playoff pick'em. And we will all go to the parade and have a jolly old time. that we win. So for the final time in the third season of the Left Coasters podcast, on to the Super Bowl the Rams are. So let's give it a hearty Super Bowl-worthy Ram it. it.
I'm Bruce Martin, host of Pit Pass Indy. Each week, I go behind the scenes of the NTT IndyCar Series and introduce our listeners to the biggest stars of IndyCar, which features the Indianapolis 500 as its cornerstone event. The men and women that compete in IndyCar may be the bravest athletes in all of sport as danger lurks around every corner. They are able to look danger in the eye without flinching. That is why the NTT IndyCar Series features the best racing on the planet. Join me every week as we talk to the stars of IndyCar, including the legends of the Indianapolis 500 on Pit Pass Indy from Evergreen Podcast. 